If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today we've got a special shoot-around episode uh, titled and themed around college basketball on the heels of the college tournament that just finished up. First half, we're going to talk about the Cinderella's, and there were a handful of them this year that made the tournament really exciting. But with that said, in the second half, we're going to talk about the down ratings of the tournament, uh, specifically the college basketball championship game with Villanova and Michigan, which saw ratings uh, as low as they've seen in about 10 years. But Cinderella's, man, that was, that was a fun couple weeks, right? I'm from Maryland, obviously. UMBC, right outside of Baltimore County, there was a lot of hype, a lot of buzz around UMBC. I mean, I pass by UMBC every single day. I uh, typically don't view it as a big basketball school, right? They yeah. are a uh, pure academic college. That's what they hang their hat on. That was fun. That was it, that, that was insane. I mean, it, I, I can't I, I can't believe it was Virginia and Tony Bennett. You know, it's so interesting to me. Like, man, I, I mean, I'm just spiritually. Sometimes I wonder if, you know, he's such a good Christian man. I wonder if they didn't put it on his uh, his plate. You know what I mean? Like to be able to handle it. You know, going to give you a, a cross that you can't bear because I, it, it's so hard to root against Tony Bennett. You know what I mean? Like he's just a class act guy that does it the right way. And then you look at Virginia that has all these four year kids, three and four star kids. They run through the ACC at seventeen and one, or whatever. They're number one team in the nation. They're man. They're everything. Not not maybe not the most enjoyable brand of basketball. I love watching them play, but a lot of people don't. But um, it, it's just like they're 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 really what's good about college basketball. You know, like Virginia is what is good. Kids that are graduating, kids that are going four years, kids that play hard, kids that play together. You know, all of those things that you want, a coach that leads and transformational in his approach. Like, there's just so, I mean, so many things you love about him, and then they're the ones that had to, to get beat, right? Like, that, <laughs> that, that, that that's, what hurt me, that's what hurt me the most. You know, as much as I enjoyed the Cinderella story and to see history, you know, it was like, did it have to be against Virginia? Yeah. Right? Because now Virginia, despite that loss, let's not pretend to what you just said. They are doing it right. Yeah. Right, like they are a prototypical. They are a program you want to follow and model. Now, when you say let's follow Virginia's model, it gets you know piggyback with jokes and jabs and stuff like that, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, you know. But it will. I will say this goes to why one of my friends absolutely hates March Madness. He hates the tournament. He despises it. He says it is the most. He hates upsets like this because he knows they're not real. He wants to see the best of the best compete, and he doesn't want this one night of some hot shooter who barely could make a D1 team, just gets on fire randomly out of the blue, knock off a team that we all know and every single person knows in America is the better team, and eliminates the chance to see the best of the best play later, despite, yes, that loss 
and I, I get it, right? Like, I understand that component. I like to see the Cinderella being able to thrive in that regard, but he hates it. Hmm. He hates it. Because he knows UMBC is not the better team, right? Despite one day, Jarius Lyles is literally making every single thing he throws up in there. Yeah, yeah. It's... You're right. It is tough. Like if I'm sitting there and you're Virginia, it's like that's what you're remembered for. Like if you'd have cut the if you'd have cut the season off one day before that, you're thinking of one of the greatest runs in a season of a team. Like I don't know that anybody's ever run through the ACC like that. I have to go back and check it. I don't. I don't know if anybody's gone undefeated and maybe they have, but 17 and one, if not tied for the best, if not the best ever to go through that so you just say that's the end of the season unbelievable how did Virginia ever do this incredible and then you go to this just a such as sports though you know what I mean such as sports and it's and like uh, Tony Ben such as life it's you know and and gosh man to, to have a man to keep it in perspective like that because society tells you everything else like society will deem that a huge failure everybody will remember that you forget all that other stuff that's why coaching like we have a lot of coaches that's why coaching is so dang hard. It's because you, 99% of all coaches lose their last game at any level. At any level, you lose the last game. And it's never good enough. And and then to lose that one that way, such a, such a tough thing for them. On the flip side of it, man, I mean, people have always want to see this. This is why they watch. You know, great for UMBC. Like, thought their kids handled it well i think their coach did a great job like um you know odom was a class act that they have there i mean he was very um he handled it how, how you'd want a coach to handle that situation so you know good good for them as well but it, it, it was fun the Loyola, like that was a really fun run to watch those kids play the game really well and you look at that coach's journey from going to getting fired to coming back to taking him on the run to Sister Jean to it was, it was just a fun run to watch. I mean, that um, is college basketball. That is, is March Madness. What took place with them? I mean, that's what everybody talks about. That's that was fun. And somebody's going to do it, you know. Butler got there twice and almost did it. Loyola got to Final Four, and they could have won the Final Four. They led that game against Michigan. To be honest with you, they they. If you were to, with ten minutes to go in the game, I would say Loyola's playing for a national championship. Michigan went on a really good run. Otherwise, they're playing for a national championship. Which is crazy. <laughs> One of these days, a team like that is going to do it, and it's what makes the tournament, you know, so incredible. You know, and I love, you know, just you get a chance to meet and and learn about players you never would have learned about. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, think about like KJ KJ Mara from uh, UMBC, the little five foot eight, hundred and forty pound point yeah. guard, right from Puerto Rico, whose dad is in the crowd holding a big head uh, of KJ, and this guy is just. I mean, what a shifty player, yeah. right? Like, who's smart. You know, he's a senior. He's been around for four years, and he's just going in and out of these players. And I love watching that, right, because you've got these big-time recruits, right, these big-time high-profile players trying to learn about this little guy out of Baltimore, right, that nobody even knew about, but, like, yet basketball is basketball, right? Like, yeah. step on the court and let's play. And yet now they're over here trying to figure out how do I stop this guy? Right, a guy nobody even paid any mind to for yeah. years. Right, that's fun seeing the enthusiasm and energy and excitement of a team like that and a family supporting, you know, coming out and, and supporting their kids in a in a moment like that. I love it. Right, yeah, yeah. And, all of those moments, and you know, I mean, I've for the last five six years, I've 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 uh, bet all of my friends at a sixteen. It's a really good bet, by the way. A sixteen will win a game in the tournament. Everybody takes the bet. 
and because a 16 plays a 16 in the first game, you know, so a 16 <laughs> right. will win a game. So every year I make that bet, like you're crazy, you know. I'm like, all right, whatever. This year it happened, man. This year a 16 really did beat a one, and uh, people wondered if it would ever happen. I mean, they were talking on the broadcast like, at the end of the day, the the chances of this happening are slimmer than. And they gave all these different things that could happen, like lightning and you know all all the different sporting events. It's just it was I mean, it, it just, it's it's why companies will give free pizza away, yeah. right? Like Little Caesars, uh, if yeah. a sixteen beats wine, everyone gets free pizza in the country. Uh, their little five dollar pack, right? And you saw that they oh, had to pay that, that out. Cost them? I, I don't know, but can I say one little thing yeah. about that? Right? It, it drives me crazy. I think. I tweeted about this. You see this? Yeah. People that wait in line for like a free $5 pizza and they wait like 45 minutes blows my mind, right? I'd rather pay $5 than have to wait 45 minutes. And the irony of this, I bet you could go to the back of that free pizza line and say, hey, if anyone wants to jump the line, you're $5 to jump the line. And people would pay $5 to jump the line to get a free $5 pizza. Makes no sense. It's a good point. Because. The lines were around the corner at these pizza shops. But nonetheless, Cinderella stories, good for basketball, good for college basketball. But we got to jump into the other side of it because despite the Cinderella's, um, it didn't necessarily mean the ratings were, were there. All right, But before we jump into that, let's do a quick halftime talk with our friends over at Team Snap. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's halftime communication tip. Today we're going to be talking about closing the loop. This week when you're communicating, make sure you're communicating everything you want and exactly how you want it, leaving no room for interpretation. Completely close the loop on your communication. More often than not, we only communicate bits and pieces and we leave a lot for interpretation. That can be a scary proposition when dealing with younger athletes. So this week, make sure you are thorough with your communication and close the entire loop so there is no miscommunication on the other end. Thanks to our friends at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe. That's TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. TJ, the Cinderella stories, the Sister Jeans, the Chesapeake Bay Retrievers, not Golden Retrievers, Chesapeake Bay Retrievers. Uh, all those great stories apparently did not... Uh, generate a championship game from a ratings perspective uh, that was much to write home about. In fact, it was the smallest ratings numbers, not just in the second half when the game started getting out of hand, but even in the first half um, that they'd seen in over 10 years. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Well, I, you know, I think it's it's interesting. I, I, would, I would have loved to see if you substituted Michigan – for Loyola, what would it have been? Or if you substituted, wow. or if you substituted Kentucky for um, Michigan, what would it have been? Just out of curiosity, or Villanova, either way, or something. I wonder. I wonder what those ratings would come out like. I mean, do people do they need the the underdog story, or do they need the villain story? You know what I mean? Like the Duke or the Carolina or whoever playing in the championship game. Um, or is it markets? Because when you think about a lot of teams that play in the NCAA championship game, it's usually not typically a huge market. Like they talk about an NBA. I mean, I mean Villanova, like Philadelphia, is a pretty big market, right? Isn't it pretty yeah, decent size? It is. And Detroit was actually the number one market um, on that national championship game. Detroit was yeah. for the Michigan. So I, it's, it appears that Philly may not have carried their weight a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. Society, we, we support what we hate. Mm -hmm. That's the irony in this. 
we we can't stand the one and dones, right? We can't stand where college basketball is going. But then when you get teams in there that are doing it the way you proverbially want it done, yeah. we don't watch it. Yeah. Okay. It's almost like the Yankees, right? You need somebody to root against, or I mean. That villain or... You talk to anyone, they'll say, one and done's not good. These college players coming in, they, they all... So you say, okay, well, let me map up a, a better scenario. How about a Villanova team that's been together, that's not necessarily flashy, you know, like great coach. Will you watch? No, I'm not going to watch. So what do, you, what, do you want, what do you want to do here? Yeah, yeah. Okay? And, yeah. and that's the facts of the matter, right? Like, these are two teams that were really good but were not sexy enough. Right in the market's mind to drive people to it. There's there, the storylines weren't significant enough. There wasn't drama. Right, there weren't high profile five stars. There's really no high level NBA players per se on that team. Right, maybe Brunson of Villanova potentially, but you know what I mean. There's no one right now that is a projected lottery pick. Right, so this is just college basketball. This is what people have clamored for for so long. Have been frustrated with the team that have gone against this style but then when given this style the fans the viewers the population that we don't step up and watch it the way we should yeah yeah for me it was i loved it like as a basketball fan it's like what we talked about earlier like as a basketball fan i just these are kind of teams i wanted to watch play i wanted to be there i mean michigan i mean really the final four teams i mean kansas is kind of a thoroughbred right but they still play good basketball. But the way that Loyola and the way that Villanova and the way that Michigan play the game, like from a coaching standpoint, from a fan, like, man, they, they, they play all ends of the floor. They do all the things right as a team. Like, I, I loved watching teams who do it right play in the, in the national championship. And I'm not saying, you know, that Duke doesn't do it right either, but I enjoyed watching all of those teams play. It wasn't the sexiest big name. There wasn't a David Goliath. It was more like two – who what do you call them you know like middle of the road yeah. like you know neither one was goliath neither one was david they were just there and and uh but i i thought it was a great tournament from the from the 16 to the one to liola's run to some really good games all the way down to a, a classy final four is the best way i could describe it uh, i thought it was a great tournament i'm surprised the ratings were that low you know, I was a little sad we weren't able to go out to the Final Four. I haven't been able to spend a lot of time in San Antonio. But, yeah, great host city of San Antonio. Uh, everyone said that the Final Four environment was, was phenomenal. So everything played out exactly the way you wanted to, but the ratings just weren't there come the, the grand finale on the final night. Here's another component. You've heard me talk about it before, but a 920 tip-off on the East Coast does not help. That, it it, it yes. does not help. Yes. I mean, I can't even – I mean, there was – the chance of me, I didn't watch the second half. Um, I just couldn't handle it, right? I was tired. I needed to go to bed, and, and I felt like I knew where the game was going, right? And, and there wasn't, I hate to say I'm part of that population. There, the storylines weren't great enough to keep my interest for the second half, but it was more so just me being tired. But that 920 tip-off, I mean, that is really, really tough. Yeah, that's that is that's killer. <laughs> it's I mean, killer. It, it really, I mean... Gosh, I think about who's watching the games and the people that want you. You put so much into the tournament. You watch these early day games, and you get to it. And I saw the tip off time, and I was like, "It was like nine twenty three or yeah, something." Even when I saw the final four, I'm like, "I can't wait to watch the six o'clock game. This was perfect." 
and then the next one's an hour after that at eight forty. I'm like, dang! Like, can we just start right? That's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been what I've I've had beefs about for so long. Especially NBA, NBA Finals, right? Nine fifteen tip offs, right? And NBA games obviously are much longer than the collegiate game. But nine fifteen tip off, you're you're ending at twelve. Well, they right? got to like, know something we don't know. Putting it at nine o'clock, right? I mean, to the average East Coast fan, that feels like why, but they must know something to they, to do their homework to put it at a nine o'clock. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would love like I need to talk to someone. I, I really do. This is such a big issue in my life. I I needed some understanding. I I will handle this for the rest of my life much better if I can get explained the why. Well, yeah. Right? I don't know the why behind this. Right? Because I'm like I just don't get it. But if some TV expert, ratings expert, someone from Nielsen's ratings were like, look, the 915 captures the biggest draw with all the different time zones in the country. It is absolutely the best. Then I'd say, okay. Yeah. I just don't buy it, right? Because yeah. I know the population that's out on the East Coast that's missing it. Um, but Do you know anything about the, the overall tournament? I mean, it's still a you know billion-dollar tournament. And overall, did it do well Overall, again? the ratings did well. It's just the championship game that struggled. It struggled, yeah. yeah so. Nonetheless, I just think it's interesting. Uh, the championship game gave us what so many people claim they want, TJ. They want true, just classic college basketball teams with kids that care about their programs with with programs that do it the right way with coaches that honor the rules that do it the right way and then you just don't show up for the party hey they it's what i love watching and i showed up for the party even in the hospital with a brand new baby i stayed up and watched that game and it's exactly what i wanted to see i I enjoyed it yes and we haven't actually said that on the show but you recently had a baby did right a little boy yep little hooper Yes, sir. Yeah, John River. John River Rosine. There you go, man. Congratulations. Number four, one away from that starting five. All right, may get there, may not get there, may go four and five. I'm not sure your plans. All right, but nonetheless, I'm Adam. He's TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.